1: And the time has come. We are up to the preliminary final stage. We are one week away from finding out who will be
0: playing in the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. We are, yeah. Final four remaining, so no real surprises that we've got the, the top four, the bottom four. Uh, you know, I know that was a lot of talk that the bottom four could have made an impact, but it is difficult, you know, over that four-week period to win away from home, and obviously also you've also got to win four consecutive games. So... Uh, no surprises. We're left with uh, the the best four, I think. What do you think? Oh, I didn't think anything other than these couple. Obviously, earlier in the year,
1: you would have said after eight rounds that Brisbane Cowboys and Melbourne looked like the standouts, then the Sharkies caught fire as well. Uh, didn't expect the Raiders to catch fire the way they have, but going off the form after 26 rounds, absolutely no surprise. And Like we probably said a few weeks ago, Penrith were a slight chance of being outsiders, but you couldn't see them doing it just because they're so young. And the Broncos, even though they ended up finishing fifth, you just couldn't see it happening. Um, their football deteriorated massively, and there was a lot of holes in their game. So, yeah,
0: well, it's it's also a question of what's it going to take for a team outside the top four to win it. Is it going to be that it's just hard? Oh, it's hard to see it happening. Like Brisbane are a pretty pretty good side, so Penrith. You know, they're not yeah. they're not bad sides. They're they're certainly capable of winning a premiership. Yeah, but I,
1: I think it could happen. It, I think circumstances also play a part. Say if for Melbourne had injuries or lost some games during Origin, and then you get all your players back. I think that's a different story. But for the most part, every year, those teams still seem to jag a top-four spot.
0: It'd still be difficult for them to go to North Queensland, go to Canberra. go like Melbourne. I think Melbourne are such big favourites because they've got that advantage of obviously being at home and then also the fact that they've had the week's rest.
1: It's still not impossible to win four games, though. I know coming from the top four is different, but we've seen North Queensland last year lose lose at Suncorp go back down, Mm. win, win, come
0: through. Uh, There's still only three in a row, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, we're we're talking about, could it happen? Obviously, it could, but history just tells you. It just doesn't, doesn't it? Just for the most part, I don't
1: think there's ever been a real gun side that's struggled or limped in in the bottom half and then caught fire at the right time or had injuries during the year and then got everyone back.
0: Well, who is the last team? Is it West Tigers? To win I think they won they were from, fourth they were, they were yeah, fourth they so. played
1: Cowboys that was four it was fifth. Five. Yeah. the only other team I think like a couple of teams that have gone the long way around have generally come from the top four Manly, when the Roosters beat them the other year they mm-hmm. played each other they went down come back they played two hard games almost won the grand final obviously the Roosters picked them off um, the Warriors the Warriors the other year they knocked they're, Melbourne they're off they never won it nah but I'm just saying teams yeah. have made the GF but no one's got the job done mm-hmm. I think the Warriors come from seventh that year they knocked us off
0: it just proves how valuable mm-hmm those uh, you know those 50-50 games during the year are, and also how how big of an impact that origin period plays on teams. Like, you look at Brisbane, if they finish fourth, I think their chances of winning the comp almost double. Hmm.
1: And I, but I just think there was enough on-field and even off-field. I know the Wayne Bennett thing this Agreed, week. Mate. I agree, did, I I didn't take Agreed. enough out of the <laughs> Wayne Bennett thing, or I don't really care, Like not in a harsh way about his personal life. I think it's sad that they've brought that up or even delved into that side of things, but uh, they were the one that really let me down, and there's definitely more to that than meets the eye. I think Corey Parker was playing less minutes. He didn't trust the bench. You heard things during the year about Maguire and a couple mm. of guys being offside with each other. So I think there may be a few holes um, there for them that just fell apart during the year. But yeah. if anyone was probably going to do it, that's the side, and we saw glaring holes, like you said, that's last week. I'm
0: like, if, if ever there was a side that finished in the bottom of the eight, they went into the finals on the back of four consecutive or five consecutive wins. Mm. Um, they still they kind of really struggling. didn't have anyone out. Who yeah. did they have out injured?
1: No one, really. No, they got right. everyone. Jack uh, Reed, obviously. He but retired, but he was replaceable. Opochak's done a good job. I, not mm-hmm. knocking Jack Reed. He was a good first grader. He did play for England, but I didn't think it was anything that was irreplaceable. So realistically,
0: they had pretty much the same side that ran around in last year's grand final. Um, they changed
1: the bench a little bit, but again, there was no glaring people because Offerhen of Gowie obviously lost his form. Pengai come in and played well, but... Yeah. I hate when people don't utilise their bench and I thought Wayne Bennett was asking for trouble <clears throat> in such harsh conditions on the weekend by not playing Arrow and he left Tevita Pangai Jr who's been good off the bench for 85 minutes uh, um, Glenn had to come in for Opochek who was busted I know they didn't have much choice but to play him because of Roberts being suspended and Reed being out but just little things like that, I don't get. I, I don't know I, why they just didn't start Glenn there, mate. I would have had Glenn there, and then I would have had Tavita Pengai Junior, Arrow. All those guys would have got time, and I would have brought Offhand Gally
0: back in. Mm. Um, but I just thought he was asking for trouble. How? Well, Penrith are probably the classic case for that you need to trust these players coming through, and Bennett after, probably hasn't. He didn't trust Layota
1: the other night. Uh, he didn't use him. Uh, Moses, you talk Penrith. Yeah, yeah, his own call, and even with the injuries, he still didn't put him I can on the get field. That one. Um, but in general, yeah, I just I think Brisbane kind of shot themselves in the foot. He, I thought he should have trusted Arrow and Pengai. I thought they did enough during the year to prove they could play some minutes. If not, he should have brought Offengai back up. I'm pretty sure uh, from all the things that I've heard, he's been playing really, really well for Redcliffe in the grand I, final. This I week.
0: I love Offengai. I thought he was brilliant for them last year. I didn't think his form was that bad. Like I thought he, he was obviously off the boil a little, but I didn't think he deserved to be they just were thrown on the scrap. All scrubby. off the
1: boil yeah. though, at
0: that point, here in time. But I love him. I I don't know whether he's. Things have gone bad there, but you know, if the Titans signed him or if you know any club was looking to sign a good young forward, he's, he's played in the grand final. He had a big well, impact on their team last year. I, I like him. I'm still quite surprised, and I'm sure you've said enough now. I don't know how Pengai Jr. sat for
1: 85 minutes. I like Pengai Jr. I think they needed him at that time. He would well, have been let's,
0: ideal. Let's even take the name off whoever, whoever. If you're going to pick a side and you're going to pick a player on the bench, you have to play him.
1: Or well, him and Offerhand of Gowey, like, again, if you put Glenn in with Arrow, who can do work and play a couple of different positions, I think there's a lot of better ways they could have gone about if they're shorter centre. And Alex Glenn's played centre for the Kiwis, let alone Brisbane. He does a very, he's very... still good.
0: in the hole for Jack Reed.
1: Yeah, he got burned once by O'Neill, but he corrected that quickly and jammed him the second time. But <laughs> Opaček played busted and you saw it. He lasted barely half a game. Um, and then he got burned as well, and then they took
0: him off. I heard last night that they're saying that he's going to have an operation on both shoulders. So yeah,
1: so he didn't do good, him any favour Not good at his age. Nah, and they lost Nick Arima, who again only played limited minutes, but he really didn't utilise his bench. And in such harsh conditions, Parker not playing many minutes also really surprised me. And yeah, it,
0: and he hooked him in a key stage too. Sad,
1: sad way, I think, for someone um, of that status to end his career in that kind of way. I think he, he barely played half a game. It so. also
0: proves that 12 months is a long time in footy. I mean, we were both... Big on Brisbane at the start of this year, and everybody was. Yeah, of course, and you know, you as we say at the start of the year, you're only dealing with what's on paper. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a whole heap of machinations that are going to happen, and that's what happened to Brisbane. You know, like it just proves that when you're there, you really need to take your opportunity. And that was probably another chance for them this year. They they were pretty close. You know, the fault in their ways this year, Brisbane, was they didn't finish top four.
1: Well, I don't know where they go next year because I know they have got a good side and they can definitely find another gear. But if he doesn't trust the bench and Parker's out. He's going to have to trust Arrow or somebody next year to take that role. Mm. He's still got way too many back rows. You can't keep fitting in Thide, Gillette, Glenn, all these guys in the side. And I don't know who they're going to bring onto the bench. No, so, yeah, he's got some questions, that's for sure. And they've got 14 players off contract next year. I've been getting questions from people at work and left, right and centre about buying Brisbane players. Well, someone's going to be going because the whole spine's off contract. And if I'm looking at it from the outside in, Milford won't be going anywhere because he moved there for a family situation. He'll be getting paid. Mm-hmm. He loves Boyd. He's going to be playing Boyd. Mm-hmm. And I think McCulloch, there's not enough good nines, and I don't think I'll lose him. So Ben Hunt, to me, is the obvious one. Um, and he wasn't that great this year anyway. So and There's rumours he's going to go to para this year. So
0: we'll see what happens there.
1: Out of that four, you're the coach. I'm not. Uh, does that sound like the way you'd probably handle things if you got to keep three of them and one had to go out of the four? Well, they all off.
0: Con- they're all off contract. All actually. of them are off contract. There's that's, 14 that's in crazy. total,
1: but the whole spine is off contract. That's So crazy. you basically got a million dollar man in Milford. Someone's going to pay him.
0: Well, you've got an. Uh, you've got an Australian rep in Boyd, and as you said, he's got a close relationship with yeah, Wayne. He's so staying. He's staying. Um, like you said, Milford's going to stay. McCulloch Obviously, he took... So what if, Milford took almost half the cash that Canberra are offering to go to Brisbane. The contract. And I, I think Milford is out of... If you had to say Milford or Hunt, I think most people would take Milford, and I'm, I'm probably in that boat. And like you said, they don't really have a nine pushing through. There's not enough nines out there. Nines are a no. dire position. You so need. if you're going to lose one, you could lose Hunt and then you could, you know... You could fill that spot with someone, or you could buy a half. You just need a solid half to go with Hunt because Milford's got all the brilliance, Boyd can ball play, and McCulloch's pretty tidy. You just need someone. You could even slide in someone like, like Parodied with a Jeff Robson or someone like that into that slot. They'll have somebody, and <laughs> uh, I've get the, I kind of got the feeling I'm
1: glad it hasn't happened, but when, yeah, Ash, Ash Taylor. when he initially only signed a one-year extension with you guys, I was getting the inkling that they were already talking to each other, mm. that Hunt would be out, he plays there next year with that extension, and then they bring him straight back. Um, he would have been on good money, but probably not what they would have had to pay him, or he would have taken a pay cut maybe to come back. Um, Mm. Yeah, I I don't... And in the back row situation, Alex Glenn, there's a lot of those guys off next year. There's got to be a few people moving, but looking at the spine, I think those three Mm. are a lock. Milford, he won't let go, and he moved there for good reasons. Um, Darius Boyd, he's basically his son, as we joke about a lot of the time. And McCulloch, I think, is massively underrated, always does his job for that side, and he's very important. There's not enough nines. Yeah, so... A bit off, kind of uh, a bit off the track there as far as things. But we'll kick things off. Fast five, highlight, low light, best, worst. Any questions come out of the semi-finals
0: on the weekend? What was your highlight? Uh, highlight it was the Cowboys Broncos game. It was all round. I thought, you know, obviously the Broncos got the jump. The Cowboys were a little bit off the ball. Um, I think they did well. The Cowboys to be down, uh, to be only down by I think it was eight at half time. I love the fact that in extra time we got a try, not a not a field goal. Um, I thought the extra time period was great. Even the, the period heading up to the end of the eighty minutes was great. Um, and then Caelan Ponya, how good was he on debut? Pressure wow. situation, really, really pressure pressurized situation, home final, sudden death. He's obviously been killing it all year in twenties. You've got bigger reps. I mean you know more about him than what I do. Obviously I watched a little bit on him last year in the twenties because we obviously expected to play the Cowboys in the grand final. That obviously didn't work out, but he was a linchpin of that side, but um, he was fantastic in the touches he got.
1: He had a major surgery last year because I was looking for him. Um, Something happened with his brain or something along those lines. It was something out of the ordinary. I'd have to Google it to remember what it was, but I remember saying to you, I haven't seen him, I haven't seen him, then I looked it up
0: Mm.
1: um, because not a word was said by them, and he had some serious issue that didn't allow him to play until very late in the year. But with a full season under his belt this year and watching him, I saw a couple of people go, oh, he looked a bit light and this and that, and he makes it that kid's just turned 18. He's not 19, 20, played three or four years. He was picked up as a 16-year-old, offered by AFL, rugby union, that. He can play tennis. Apparently, he plays golf off scratch as well. Mm. So this isn't a kid that's just talented, Uh, as an athlete in one sport or pretty good at others, he could play elite-level sport in almost four to five different sports. He's special. You can tell. Yeah, offers from everywhere, but he stayed there. And even with the coot situation, I applaud the Cowboys for somehow being able to keep him happy enough that he's decided to keep his future there, I think only maybe for another 12 months or 12 months on top of what he had, Mm -hmm. to take him through to his 20 or 21. Um, But they're going to have a real big decision to make, obviously, at that point in time. Kooty same age as me. By then he'll be about thirty. Um, so you'd suspect maybe by the time Pong is twenty twenty one, if he's already not playing in the wing or the centres or somewhere in that side, mm. then he'd be taking that fullback
0: jersey. Well, two points out of that. I thought the same. The job share, the Minichello, RTS. You could do that. Throw him on a wing. Or um, well, the other thing is Coot, like you said, sign him to the, for another two years. Give the kid another year in twenties, and between that and uh, Q Cup, because Q Cup's a lot stronger, I think, across the board than what the interest super cup is they, they tend to like obviously the Queensland version of the of the reserve grade just tends to tune out I think they tune out better players, players that are ready to play NRL from my perspective, from what I see going in and out. Mm. so I think that's probably a good system for him to be in. Obviously they're they're linked to the cutters up there, aren't they? Who are obviously got a good system in place. So it makes sense to keep him there for another two Um, years. Blackhawks. That's it, Blackhawks. That that
1: jersey will be available as far as I know because, again, contracts have been weird because of this salary cap situation. Jerome Hughes is supposed to be going to Melbourne to play or learn to probably play 5'8 for us. Uh, He's been playing fullback, was the Queensland Cup fullback of the year last year. So if he does move to Melbourne, which has been spoken about all year, basically there's an opening right there if they want to put Ponga in with men. But then again, they're going to have contract problems next year. I don't. Wouldn't be surprised if a wing spot opened up or someone was leaving, mm. um, and they found a way for him to come straight into first grade. You could
0: even throw like a Winnerstein, even a Felt could play in the centers and throw him on a wing. There's a, there's a lot of ways you get around it. Well, uh, he definitely Winnerstein could play centers.
1: Felt and him both come from the twenties as centers, started in as centers, obviously on the wing now. But Felt was a center
0: in the twenties. Felt's got so the, the build of a center, doesn't he?
1: He basically does that yardage work, comes yeah. in like a back row, like Corey Oates kind of style player. So. Uh, definitely possible. My highlight come from that game as well. Mine was just Tamalolo. It's taken a lot longer. Uh, maybe he needed a little bit of love. There was different coaching. Neil Henry was obviously quite harsh and abrasive with him. Yep. Used him on edges. Didn't show a lot of love. But you got to remember, he did debut at 16. Physically, he was always ready. Mentally, obviously not. Paul Green, I'll give him a rap. He's obviously hugged him a little bit, loved him up, put him in the middle, found the best way to utilise him. Slowly but surely, Back into 2014, he started uh, playing starting games after 35 off the bench. 2015, we saw a lot more consistency and some potency. And then this year, he's been outstanding. But that game the other night, uh, especially after what happened with him and the egging and the stupidity there, he did the right thing by his team. And I've just never seen somebody so physically dominant.
0: He ran for almost 250 metres. He
1: did what he did in the 20s, which is scary. He had a streak in 2010 when I was at Canberra. I think they had it up. He had like 12 weeks in a row where he ran 200 plus and he had a few 300-metre games. And he's not small. The scary part is there's no good way to handle it. It doesn't matter whether you get good contact on him. He's bigger than you and he's stronger than you. He's more mobile than you are and he doesn't have just
0: one foot. He's left and right-footed. There is no good way to approach it. Well, the only way you can is you need to get three up equally in a line. Quick. Quick. Very quick. It's the only way he can do it, and more often than not, you know he he's obviously very lucky that he plays on the back of the Australian forward pack, yeah. obviously in uh, uh, front row, in Tamo and Scott. But even more impressive for me, two two points out of that, Matt Scott's playing busted, yeah. really badly busted, and he relies a lot on Matt Scott. Getting that good roll on for him to, to go forward, so he's not getting that at the moment. The second point is, I don't think Jake Granville's having a massive impact either. Mm-hmm. So the ruck speed that he's used to having, he's not getting. No, and he's still making the same amount of meters.
1: He's doing, like I said, what he did in twenties. I think he's finally realised what he is and what he can do. And the big thing again coming up was minutes. When he first got there, he wasn't playing the minutes. Now he can churn out sixty. It's ridiculous. So for the impact he has on the game,
0: and he's a monster.
1: And the quality of the carries—they're not just meter eater carries or racking up stats. They're powerful. Uh, quality carries, they're not quantity kind of stuff he's putting in, it's ridiculous he broke like 11 tackles the other night, mm. had a line break and the quick play the balls were just absolutely golden. Well, I'll
0: throw, I was going to, in the best I had him as one of my best, so instead of going over him again, he was I've got the best for from both games I thought Tamalolo was clearly the best for the Broncos-Cowboys game, so, so we don't have to go over it again.
1: Well I'll jump onto my best for the same thing, I had Cohen Hess and Tamalolo because much in the same mould Cohen Hess to me has been ready to play first grade since last year he's obviously in a side where they're loaded in the forward pack, that he's only played a couple of games off the bench. To start and play the way he did the other night, he was more than above the level of some rep back roles or what they dish up every week. He almost made 200 himself. He gave Milford a headache. There was just absolute quality in every single carry. And then the athleticism to run 70 metres to back up that try that he got to score in the corner. Most forwards wouldn't push up on that play. He followed that football, and he just kept coming all night. He was an absolute bloody menace. But him and Tamalolo... Plus Ponga was just, yeah, all those blokes around yeah, Those two on the forwards, I absolutely was sitting there with half a chap. I was very excited watching them two just run over everybody.
0: Yeah, they were impressive. And Hess really has only been a you know a regular first grader for the back end of this year. Like for him to do what he's doing, obviously they lost Ethan Lowe. Um, and then you just got him to slide in. They're mm. blessed with riches, that's for sure. The other one that I had for best was Josh Hodgson, I think. For him to to play um, is up there with what Cronk did in Origin. I think to, for Cronk to recover to play in that Origin game, I think it was Origin two, wasn't it, um, where he had the ankle injury. Yeah, he went down at training. Um, and and we saw the swelling on the on the the Channel Nine. Obviously, had the swelling and the bruising around Cronk's ankle. Josh Hodgson has done something similar. Obviously, had a little bit more time to recover from it, but it wasn't just the fact that he recovered and played. It was the way that he played. I thought he controlled the game. The tactic to get to that right tram and then kick in behind, keep Mansour up and kick in behind Moylan was genius because it just really numbed Penrith's start of sets and they rely so heavily on Josh Mansour to get their set off to a quick start. It forced Moylan, who is only little, he doesn't particularly like to bring the ball back, he likes to pass it. It forced him into the corner. And Moylan's very, very much of the, of the mindset to get back to center. Mm. So Penrith weren't making many yards because of that tactic. I thought that that in itself was genius. Um, I think he's been brilliant for the Raiders. I think he's their first. And I said it last week. Um, and for him to play, it was enough for me to. I changed my tip later in the week. Obviously, we all tipped Penrith, but that's because we we didn't expect Hodgson to play. Oh, but awesome. <laughs> it just flipped. It flipped my whole perspective on the game when they said that Hodgson had played. And obviously, we we heard that. Um, Hodgson and Austin were fit; like they weren't playing ducks and drakes. So he was super impressive.
1: Oh, he was absolutely outstanding. Um, and I said to you the other way: if Austin didn't come back, I wasn't worried. I think he's the one that everything revolves around. Uh,
0: well, you look what Williams did in the um, semi-final in the on the weekend he it kicked him to death. Yeah, well, he he definitely got manis over the line. They they would have choked without him. He no. was super impressive.
1: Kicked the four goals, and I was there for that game. They just kept making errors. They played the conditions poor, but he kicked the Tigers to death in the he second half
0: and got them across the line. So, yeah. uh, you're low. Uh, the passing of Ron Massey last night. Obviously, we learnt eighty-six years old. Obviously, um, he's had a good innings, and it was you know not expected, but he was certainly getting on in years. But uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people around footy. I've never met him, never even seen him to be fair uh, in the flesh. But as a young coach, aspiring coach, a lot of people say that he was the brains behind Bennett um, and Jack Gibson previously. You know, you hear Peter Sterling and all the ex-Parramatta players talk about Ron Massey. Um, also heard Paul Kent last night talk about on NRL three hundred and sixty how good of a fella he is, and you know all the stories and it's sort of larrikin, and sort of bloke he is. I don't think there's many many of those guys around anymore. There's a lot of people in footy now, you know yourself that, you know everyone just wants to blow their own trumpet and uh, talk about how good they are. He was a genuine good guy, um, smart, intelligent man, and uh, was a larrikin. So he'll be sorely missed. It's probably the end of a generation. Obviously, you know your Wayne Bennetts and those sort of guys are still around, but um, that sort of old school coach and uh, you know that legacy is is definitely moving on. So it's sad, but um, great contributor to the game.
1: Yeah, well, I think Kenty said or they suggested that it was cancer and he was diagnosed a fair while back.
0: So what about um, one story? We won't go on about it for too long, but nah, Kenny really. was saying last night that he had his own wake before he passed. Yeah. The
1: <laughs> what, a, what a great idea. Peter Wynn and those guys come up with the idea after he was saying he was sick of going and attending him, uh, not being yeah. there, so they thought they'd chuck it. And he says, well, just pick your best 13. And he told them that unfortunately they weren't in it. So he goes, <laughs> all right, well... Pick the number where it has me and so-and-so in it. I can't remember the second bloke's name because yeah. I wasn't really around for that generation of football. But yeah. 26 people, SCG, they had to wait before he died. and Obviously, he lasted a lot longer than that. That was just after Jake Gibson died in yeah. 2009.
0: So, Well, Gibson yeah. died in 08 because that was the centenary test, Gibson died. So. Yeah. And they did it the year after. So,
1: Great idea, but
0: yeah. I reckon we might have to... Look at that!
1: Well, we might have to do one soon for me. <laughs> I think for the both of us. I think I'm getting close, getting closer and closer to the grave by the day. Uh, what was your low like? My low was the way Parker's last game transpired. I know it's probably a bit of a, a sappy thing. I Brisbane fans would probably agree with me, and I have nothing to do with Brisbane. I'm not a big fan of Brisbane in general, but I'm a massive fan of Corey Parker and uh, Wayne Bennett is a super coach. But I think the circumstances, the amount of minutes he played, the fact that he didn't use the bench. I was confused and I just thought that if you were potentially going to lose somebody of his stature after 347 games and what he can dish up on the field, that he would have went down on his sword fighting. But he really didn't have too much of an impact and he didn't get the minutes I expected him to in his last game. So
0: He looked a bit lost at the end there too, didn't he? Was he devastated was devastated yeah. and
1: it really hurt me because, like I said, I didn't expect... If he was going to lose, I expected it to be one of those games from sitting at the end, just remembering how much of a grinder, how much of a workhorse he was and how good he's been because he would have been out there just busting his ass, But
0: Mm, most of it,
1: he had to sit in the roller coaster seat on the bench there and just watch on.
0: It's eerily uh, similar to the way Gordon Tallis finished his career. Very, very, almost identical. Um, And there was a lot of animosity that stemmed out of that between Tallis and Bennett, and that still obviously bubbles over from time to time now, and it's more than 10 years on. I think Tallis retired in 2004, I think it was from memory, 2003, 2004. So... Uh, you know, that, that bad blood still stems. Hopefully, that doesn't transpire. But agree with you. I, I was a bit peeved, obviously, last week that Parker wasn't charged for his headbutt. But that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't, uh, that's more a reflection of the match review committee and the shit yeah. processes we've got in place. But for Corey Parker, I think he's retired too young. You know, obviously, we're never going to know because he's not going to play another year. He might have come back next year and Played stunk. Like a yeah, you, you don't know. So. Um, I don't know whether he's retired on his own terms or whether he's got the tap on the shoulder. I don't think he did. I think he just pushed. And it looks, like we said before, you look at Brisbane and there's been a lot of this is another one that just doesn't look like it feels right. It doesn't look like it's been right since it was announced. So, you know, three days before he retired, I think we were reporting on one podcast that he was just about to sign a new two-year deal. He said it himself. And then on the next podcast... Within five days, six days, he'd retired. He won me of the match
1: on the game, and they said, You just keep getting better, you're going to keep going. He was yeah. s- seeking a manager for the first time in his career because he was going to do what Kronk was basically doing. He got a manager to try and organise the business side of things afterwards, something he couldn't do himself, obviously. Mm. Um, and then, before you know it, they're talking to you deals on TV after he won, and I'll keep going. And then, five days later, he was sitting there next to Wayne Bennett, and it was apparently all hunky dory. Mm. Um, but the look on his face and a lot of what I've seen for the rest of the time going through. I don't think it is. I think he's just too good of a bloke to probably speak out and he'll probably just hold on to it. Maybe he does hold a bit of a grudge, but he'd probably hold it deep down. I don't think he'd ever come out and uh, spray him verbally. He might say something later on about... How it went down, but I don't a think you yeah, hold book. a grudge or you know unleash. But mm. I'm disappointed. That's the way it ended. I would have let him go down any sort if I was the coach. I would have wanted him out
0: there. We, he's going to be very grateful that Queensland managed to win this year for him because that's probably as good as a grand final, I suppose. But yeah, and he was um, good in Origin again. Definitely, I think at the start of the year, if you would have said to Parker and the Broncos, they would have expected to at least be in a grand final qualifier.
1: Mm.
0: You know, so it's, this season will be a disappointment for Brisbane. What about your worst? Uh, poor old Lachlan Coote. He, just, he couldn't get out of his own way, he, error after error after error. and uh, I didn't didn't feel as though he wasn't trying. He was probably trying too hard, yeah. but he was obviously the worst player on the field on the weekend. Um, the worst team, I didn't think there really was a worse team or a worse decision or anything like that. I thought the Broncos-Cowboys um, game was just on a knife's edge. I think some of the interchanges like you've mentioned probably weren't great. Um, I thought Penrith were okay without being great. Cartwright was obviously pretty poor. I thought he made a lot of errors. and mm. But Lachlan Coote um, was a standout. He did his best to, to put the Cowboys out.
1: Yeah, my worst. Not so much an attack on them or saying they were terrible but it was Penrith's defense. Um, <clears> no surprise. Canberra, a very big side. But I just don't understand the tactic of holding. You don't hold against Canberra, especially they're a smaller side. Canberra were going over the ad line, getting 10 metres, and every contact, someone was ending up on the floor. They couldn't wrestle him. They couldn't slow it down. Even if they didn't want to wrestle, you have to hit Canberra at the ad line. You have to have line speed. Mm. And as a smaller side, I felt that should have been addressed a lot earlier on. In particular, you mentioned it. Uh, poor Nathan Cleary threw his body in the way, but he just got trampled. Uh, the right side combination picked on Tyron Peachy. He tried hard again, but a lot of tackles, he was borderline along getting penalised because he was holding on for dear life, trying to slow a ruck down that he couldn't win. Mm. There was just a lot of things like that, and yeah, I think the errors were the other thing I was going to say. Cartwright in particular, dead set—you've got to fix your carry. You can't even there was there was ones there with three or four in where even if he wasn't trying to offload, just the grip wasn't just the grip him. you have when you go into contact, and yeah. he gets up and he, he can't. I think he, a good thing I will give to him—he doesn't bitch and moan and say it was raped. But the look on his face—you can't just stand up every time and get patted on the back for dropping the football and be like, "My bad." Mm. It's got to be fixed. Well, the question is, can he be the same player
0: and have a good carry? You
1: can, but yes, of course you 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 need to know.
0: That's my point. You need to
1: know the difference between you. Like Filetti did it for one year, where he realised how big he was, and that you hit the line first, and then once you break through or get half a chance, then you get the ball back out. But going into contact, he's always just got that crazy grip on the football.
0: Yeah, you've missed the question. What I am saying, it's an obvious one. Blatantly, it needs to be addressed. Like Mm. you can't, you can't in this day and age, you can't afford to have any more probably than six or eight errors, and he's making in some games, yeah, four, gets to four to six forward.
1: himself. Yeah, he does that and the missed tackles as well. I know part of that is the outside man you mentioned last week. He had a different partner next to him. He was the other one I was going to mention. I didn't think Zach Hardak had a happy game. Um, he got picked no. on a little bit. Not as much that left-hand side. Jared Kirk is not really a big person though and Hardak has still struggled with him. So
0: well, I also thought Canberra, I didn't think Canberra attacked Penrith right. I thought Canberra Obviously, in the middle they did, but on the edges, they tried to go over with Penrith. I was like, just turn it underneath and straighten yeah. up. I, I really thought at different stages there that Canberra just could have put a score on Penrith, but I didn't
1: they do. didn't execute real well. Um, they shifted too early a lot of times when they got yeah. quick play the balls. and I, I like the tactic of putting Paula and Papali on Cleary. I didn't mind that. They need a lot of help, but I didn't think the play the balls receiving the back of that were smart. They were, were shifting the football going too sideways instead of punching through the space or going yeah. where they already were. Uh, Hodgson probably a victim of that early on. I thought he warmed near the game with his ankle, so he probably didn't run as much as what he would have if he was healthy. But, no. um,
0: yeah. What about questions? Well, I wanted to get your take on the Storm v. Cowboys wrestling debate. Obviously, you know, well, we weren't really talking about it this time last week. I, I let you and Gossip know that there had been a complaint lodged and that the Cowboys internally were fuming. It then came out on in Sunday's paper, so the mail I got was good. Paul Green, filthy. Apparently there was three players out of the game, out of that game that had neck complaints. Uh, the Storm medical staff then rung the Cowboys. Two of those neck complaints were long term. They weren't a re- as a result of the Storm tackle. Um, I've now had a look at the Storm, the tackle on Ethan Lowe. There's two tackles that are in question. Neither of them, I think, have a major issue. Um, obviously, both times he gets turned around and his head ends up facing the Melbourne Storm defensive line and he's on his back, but that happens. That's a tactic because players back into tackles Mm. across the board from all clubs. I don't know how we can, again, and this comes up every year, how we can just say Melbourne wrestle and Melbourne have bad tactics and whatever. Like, If you really want to go through and get a video dossier, like I could go through every game and pull out the tackles. The two examples I saw on Ethan Lowe, I could pull them out of every game Mm. and every team.
1: But this is the simple one I've brought up before, and I think I are going to answer everything right there and for everybody out there. I was at Canberra. You've been at Penrith. Everybody wrestles. Everybody works on the wrestle. Yeah. Everybody tries to bullshit it or play it off or blame Melbourne. Mate, when I first got to Canberra, they put artificial turf in for us to <laughs> wrestle on in case it rained out in the field or in the or bits and pieces so we could work on it in decent conditions that simulated the field.
0: Mm. Um, no one can say they're not trying
1: Everyone to Everyone has a wrestling coach. Everybody's
0: thing. got a wrestling coach. Well, Matty John said it last night. So, you know, he, I hate, He said, I hate wrestling, but every... God, everyone's got it. one,
1: so uh, you know.
0: And whether Melbourne started it or yeah. whether Melbourne like, but I again, Melbourne have started a lot of things in the game, good and bad. A lot of every, you know. And what I said to you at the start of this year, I'm looking for the next coach to be the Craig Bellamy to come in hmm. and change it up and and be that you know the the new sneeze that everyone catches the cold from, you know. And but at the moment, it's just everyone's still blaming Melbourne for the same old shit that they've been blaming it for for ten years. Hmm basically. How about you work something out that can diffuse it? And I think, look, I think Penrith and Canberra Canberra. are very, very close to doing that. They're doing
1: traditional football as far as I I don't think it's rocket science, but I think they're going back to more traditional 80s or 90s kind of style of football and they play Tackle,
0: bust than offload football.
1: And we said this two or three years ago basically about Penrith they're not so much athletes, they're a football side. Mm. And when they get injuries or those adjustments we were talking about the other week when I said I wouldn't have Hardaker on the bench, I think they're a good enough team to be able to adjust within itself because there's guys there that aren't necessarily the kid that they found who was 17, who's never played a game of football, but he was 6 foot, three, 100 kilos, and they thought we could work with him. Mm. They're genuinely good kids like Tyron Peachy, uh, your Moylands, these kind of guys that are touch players, football players, guys that just have that ability to break tackles, play the game, see things that aren't there, and play above their weight. Um, yeah. They're genuine football players. Are Melbourne that? No. they Even the spines constructed. Cameron Smith wasn't signed by the Broncos and was considered too skinny. Cooper Cronk was a utility player who couldn't get a run really for the first year with us and built himself from one off-season until number seven. By the second year, he was the Dallium halfback of the year. Mm-hmm. That whole team is constructed. That's the genius of the coach. That's how they work. You can hate on them as much as you want, but that system works for them. That's how they've got success. Because let's face the facts. They don't have the juniors at Penrith, so they're never going to build a side internally. They're never going to attract big-name players to go down there. The fact that those guys have landed there and they were coached and trained up is almost near a miracle. Mm. that that club's got to the point it's at and survived. Because let's face facts, if they went out tomorrow even when these guys retire, no one's going to want to go there. They, I reckon they're going to struggle mm. and depending on who the coach is, but a lot That's of people good. don't want to move from Sydney. People struggle now moving away from places in Sydney. Um well, and, no one to really go to Canberra. They've got all the palms to go to Canberra. Exactly, and then like a Brisbane move is only for somebody who's generally been back from Brisbane or someone who's getting picked up. But you look at their side, it's generally Queenslanders and Kiwis. Mm. Um, if Melbourne didn't process that system and find these guys and farm and train internally, Kiwis as well. Obviously, one thing we've done really, really well or blended in down at uh, our club as well, they wouldn't be who they are right now. Yeah. But But What did
0: you think of the tackles?
1: When I said it and I saw the photo that was supposedly damning, I basically laughed. Mm. Um, That's no qualm of Ethan Lowe. I I didn't see anything in there and I couldn't get anything on the video until I see something otherwise that the NRL can highlight or Paul Green can explain himself. And here's the other one this year. Last year or the year before, I thought he was pretty good. Now they've won a comp and he's got a bit of credibility or built himself a bit of a rap. He just seems to come out every week with some kind of issue. Mm. But in particular, he's taken shots at them the last few times and obviously Bellamy's fuming about it. And everyone seems to do it this time of year, come final time, when they have to play in Melbourne uh, to try and get an advantage and they still couldn't win the other week. I think it's pretty predictable.
0: Uh, <clears> to it's, be fair, I don't think Melbourne will be really worried about it. If anything,
1: it's motivation. you're
0: just poking the ball, really. I, I don't.
1: Did, did we start it?
0: Do we use those
1: tactics? Are we boring? Do we do the blocks? I embrace all of it 100% because that's the only way that football side works. They can't do what yeah, the other
0: they, sides do. They do it. They do it better than everybody. Everyone else is trying to copy it. That's the issue. They do it because it fits what they're trying to do. And it fits... Every other team tries to do it just to copy Melbourne, not because it necessarily fits what they're trying to do.
1: And I can't get my words out, like I said, 100% correctly, but the whole system from the juniors to recruitment and everything, that's what fits Melbourne. We can't go
0: develop... They've also got a system where they produce players to fit that system or they recruit only players that can fit that system. Mm -hmm. They're not like other clubs that go and buy... Really you know, random. you go and buy a Corey Norman to try and fit into that, or you go and buy—they just don't fit. No. They buy players that fit their system, and they generally which know, is smart.
1: which you've seen the production. And I've said it before: Harris, Proctor. A lot of these guys have come. Well, you get them in early,
0: and then 20s. you can, can mould them into what you want them to yeah, be.
1: But all our forward pack and a lot of the guys in there right now have played through our twenty system or come through. Yeah, and they've done that because they know, like I said, they can't recruit or they can't buy products off half the other people. Well, they then have the to be self produced. Um,
0: the players they do buy, yeah, Samuken or you, you know, but players that can slide in easily and just yeah. a bit players that do their job that are going to contribute to that.
1: He's model. He's one of the rare exceptions though, who's switched on, well educated, fits with the coach, fits with the system, wanted to go there. For the most part though, the guys that sign with Melbourne every year me are bit players who have no other opportunity left. So whether yeah. they've got family, kids, whatever, a wife, and all that in Sydney, if that's their last chance, they're taking it. Mm. For the most part, on the flip side of that, they're guys that Melbourne's produced or brought through their own system, and it's been very successful. It's built into what it is now.
0: Yeah. So the only other thing I had, I was going to go through that momentum ladder that I've got. Uh, four teams left. The Canberra Raiders. So it's been, it's now been six weeks. Six mm. weeks I've been taking the momentum. Start. Canberra Raiders got the best momentum. They're five and one, but they've got the sixth uh, best ranked defence. The Cowboys are 4 and 2 with the second best defense, the Storm are 3 and 2, obviously they've had the week off. They're the number 1 ranked defense and the Sharks are 2 and 3 with a number 3 ranked defense. If you had to pick one now based on you know defensive records and momentum, who do you like?
1: I'm going to stick with the Storm, but I am still very worried about this week. I would have liked to have said the Cowboys, but I think that game down the night I don't 100% agree with everybody that they're going to be gassed because seven days is a decent turnaround. Mm. Uh, and they got to play at home, so they got to recover, sleep in their own beds, et cetera, et cetera. But
0: Particularly also if they've managed it correctly. Yeah, if
1: they've managed it how many, correctly. How
0: many training sessions would the Cowboys have this week if you're the coach? Probably two. Yeah, I would have thought two.
1: I think I would have spent probably three days Recovered. doing recovery and I would have done video probably what after the first two days. Tuesday today? So that's Have two a hard days. session today?
0: Do my have, give them a day off tomorrow, yeah. and then I'd uh, not a hard session today, but obviously a main session today, or even um, or even yesterday, depending on how they recover. I recovered. would have did a
1: video yesterday, basically, yeah. and, and
0: then probably tomorrow you do you do your uh, stretching and and pull sort of stuff recovery, then a quick short and sharp um, ball session on Thursday. Play on Friday. Mm. That should be fresh. You've got no excuses.
1: You don't need that much this time of year. Basically, you
0: need a captain's run and maybe one session early in the week. But yesterday, I'll... you're probably right. Yesterday probably would have been a travel day. They would have travelled down yesterday, done some video in the hotel, and then rip it out.
1: That's basically... Uh, you don't need it this time, like I said. I think the only real thing they'd be concerned about, and we're waiting for lineups. it's almost five o'clock now. I'm waiting to see if that left edge of Ponga and Bowen is still there. They were good last week, mm. both of them. I didn't even thought Java was good with the opportunities he was afforded. He did back himself, which scared me a few times on the short side, but I like the confidence. Yeah. He, he ran the football and backed himself. Whether he can do that this week, uh, I'm not too sure. I'm trying to think Who's on the right edge? I think that's the Latelli edge.
0: Yeah. Look, out of that, I I like the Storm and the Cowboys just purely because of their defensive record and also because uh, the Sharks have lost three games. And, you know, I went over the history of that, you know, obviously six weeks ago when we started this. The only team in the last 10 years that's lost three games during this period and won the comp was the Cowboys last year. And I don't think the Sharks are going as well as what the Cowboys were last year. And also the Cowboys relied on that last-minute play to win it. So... I think teams with two losses or less will win it. So really, I, for me, I, I don't know whether the Storm and Cowboys will play off in the grand final, but I just think one of those teams is going to win it.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think if Canberra get through, they've got a really good chance as well. Um, I think they might. It'll write.
0: be a nice clash of styles because obviously they're going to have. If they get through, they're going to be six and one through that period, and that's also on the back of prior to that loss, they won ten in a row. So they're all they're like. Their record's like 15-1 over the last four months. Like, it's a ridiculous... It's borderline what the Sharks did during that period leading into the finals. So, my only concern with the Raiders is their defence. Like, they're the sixth-best-ranked defence. I think they're getting better. Yeah, they're obviously, it's much better than what they did at the start of the year, but it's just... I don't know where, I don't know whether they're out at the level of, obviously, Storm Sharks, Cowboys, who are 1-2-3-and-D. Mm. But that we'll see. Their yeah. attack might offset that. Penrith and the, and the Tigers and those years gone by didn't have great defences and still managed to win it. So they might be the team, the Raiders, to break the trend.
1: Yeah, well, they've got exceptional attack as well. So yeah. I think that's the opposite for a Melbourne. I think the biggest thing is who gets a lead in that game. Yeah. Melbourne get a lead, they get confidence, they try to strangle. Mm. Canberra, on the other hand, they can blow you off the part where they feel like it. So yeah. I kind of get that feeling that we might be seeing that game that we had with the Bulldogs in the 2012 grand final where Melbourne basically, for the whole game, just scrambled held on, did what they needed to do. But when we banked that half-hour period where we basically sat there in the mm. first half on their line, we grabbed some points.
0: 18, 18 points. The Melbourne work off 18, don't they, really? I think they scored 14. It was 14-12 that game or something.
1: 14-4. And uh, 14-4. Cameron Smith missed a couple of penalty goals, so it could have been more. I think
0: 18 in the grand finals.
1: They basically set up camp enough. for the first half than we watched. Yeah. And he, if he kicks those few penalty goals, they're probably more comfortable. But yeah. the Bulldogs come after him all game when they just scramble their backside off.
0: Yeah, but I, look, I don't, I don't think I think all four teams remaining now are better than the Bulldogs side that played in that grand final.
1: Mm. Any other questions? No, mate. You got any? Uh, Townsend or Bird? We're about to find out. Obviously, Townsend, these I'd go front, Townsend. But Is he going to bring him back in? Was that just he said he didn't hook him? I oh, did hook him. You can't hide it. I didn't. Yeah, he, hook there's, him, nah,
0: there's hook no other him. way he, to put he, it. He, he, yanked, him. he yanked him. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd still go with Townsend. They've had two weeks to rectify. I just think I don't think Townsend's. Uh, Put, I don't think... Townsend's not in bad form. Just in that game, I thought the right call was to get him off because it looked as though Jack Bird was struggling to get involved and looked like he needed to get involved. Obviously, Townsend was having a Barry Crocker. I don't think Maloney had a great game either. No, um, none so of the just, it was just the right call for that game. So it might happen again. I don't. I just don't know whether it will happen again over the next two weeks. It might well do. Um, but I think it's the right move. It obviously, He's got Bill on the bench anyway. Yeah, like He's carried it back on the bench the whole year. So I just think the way their side's set up, you pick Townsend, and if you need to move Bird, you've got that option because you've got the outside back on the bench.
1: Yep. All right. Uh, we'll review the games before we answer your questions. There's not a whole lot this week. Uh, we put the post up a bit late, and obviously getting to this time of year, people don't have too much to ask about. But Cowboys 26-20 over the Broncos, four from four games. Gold point. Absolutely ridiculous.
0: It's Well, tell me a rivalry that's... Bordered on the... Like, obviously, you had Melbourne um, and Manly, but they never had this many close games in a row. They had they had a lot of field goal games and a lot of real well, we slow games. Always each other, one of the two. Yeah. Um, I think, really, in the last probably decade, you know, if we're talking... Yeah, or well, decade, you're looking at the Cowboys-Broncos, obviously, at the moment. Prior to that, it'd be Melbourne-Manly. And then prior to that, it was Roosters and the Bulldogs. They used to really get after each other. They were great games, but... mate. This game, I thought the Broncos, they flew out. The Cowboys, they were slow. I thought they were slow off the line. Like You are talking about the importance of line speed before. The Cowboys were definitely lethargic. Um, they made a lot of errors. They had a lot of near chances in the first half. I thought they were just well off the boil. Um, and I thought they did well to be down only 14-6 at halftime. But at hal- I sent through to you, I backed them at halftime. I was confident if they got it right in the second half, they could come over the top. That worked out. Obviously, um, it was all the Cowboys early, and they probably could have banked more points than what they did. And then Darius Boyd comes up with um, a fantastic bit of play, saw Oates go the length. And then at that point in time, I'm thinking, shit, my bet's gone here. They're going to get rolled. Mm. Um, and then obviously the Gillette trip, it goes into extra time. And then once it hit extra time, I just thought the Cowboys were good. Were going to settle and they had more football left in them. I also thought, similar to what you said before, that Bennett had mismanaged his interchanges. I think
1: they were negative again too, though. They started kicking for touch yeah. and just trying to shut the game down. Absolutely.
0: And you sent that to me in a text. You know, once they started doing it after the Oats try. Um, I thought Thurston, he didn't have his best game, but I thought as the game oh, went on, but as the game went on and the more important plays were needed, the be, the bigger he got, whereas you see a lot of other players that start off really fast and positive and then as the game gets bigger, they get smaller. Yeah. Thurston's the opposite. Um, just on that, where Thurston went through, everyone was blaming Sam Fido. That's Anthony Milford's inside shoulder. That's his they tackle sleep. to make. They shouldn't have. He turned out. Um, he was basically... Uh, Thurston could have run up behind Milford and pushed him over, and he wouldn't have known it. Friday should have got there and made the tackle, but it wasn't his tackle to make. Um, and then the other one, obviously, the effort of Malolo, We've covered it two hundred and fifty odd metres. He was a standout player on the field, yeah, ridiculous, think- and an unbelievable game. What, what a game! Hess wasn't too far behind those two. Oh, Hess was magnificent. Those two were exceptional, and so was Ponga. Ponga. Like Racked up a shitload of metres as well. Outstanding.
1: The thing for me as well there, I'm just going to throw it out there. It's hard. I understand where you're coming from the inside shoulder, but Brisbane played that slide defence for the whole year, bar that time they played Melbourne, and then it looks like they went back to it. So in in looking at their system, Sam Thide probably isn't the wrong, but I don't know how they play that system. I think you're just playing with fire against good halves playing slide.
0: Yeah, but I think they even talk regardless about, of what rule, what, what system yeah. you play, you but, never let someone run past you. Well, you? they
1: keep talking about, oh, we, they use a sideline as an extra thing. I'm like, Against teams like Melbourne, we've seen what it does to them. When teams play through them with good shape, they get torn apart. Mm. Against a half like John Thurston, drifting sideways is
0: not going to do you any good. I just think regardless of what system you're playing, you have to be square.
1: Mm. Well, they're definitely not square. Mm. But I, it looks like they reverted back to their old ways because a few times they drifted I, across field, I, I they did that push that. towards the sideline and I just was trying to figure out what going on. And was I there.
0: said to you that night, obviously, I thought the Brisbane obviously opened up their style offensively against Melbourne.
1: Mm. But on other
0: end, they, they got off the line hard and really put pressure on the Storm's playmakers and it worked.
1: Yeah, because any previous games, you watched Melbourne with shape just played through them. They Maybe it was just sideways. a shock
0: tactic that night. They just said, "I oh, will do this and we might shock them and we'll get a win because... They are looking for that top four position but they should have stuck with it yeah well i
1: think at the end of the day it's probably good that they're out i thought they were negative but oppa was busted they're short a few centers gillette uh i know he, i got he got off with his charge but he looks busted as well his shoulder was giving him grief there's a couple of guys there i know on the flip side the cowboys are missing a few but their depth is exceptional the side they ran out was still very very good um obviously matt scott not in great nick but he still battled through but um i think they could. They were the better team to come through for me. They deserve to come through over the top of Brisbane. Mm. And those guys, like we said, Tama Lolo, Hess, both outstanding for me. Thurston stepped up as the game got further and further in. And Ponga definitely didn't look out of
0: place playing first grade. Justin O'Neill as well. Mm. I thought um, Morgan also had a couple of nice touches during the game. Like, he didn't play great, Morgan, but he just had he had a couple of important touches there. But he grew uh, yeah, as well. O'Neill's been great for two years. I can't believe he's a player that, that left Melbourne... Melbourne well, he was great at Melbourne, but left Melbourne, went to the Cowboys and just stunk it up for almost two years. Yeah. And then something flicked last year, and he's just playing at an origin international. If, if we picked him as a centre in the Australian side, I wouldn't have a problem with it.
1: Not on form, you wouldn't. No way. It's going sensational. Uh, for Brisbane, before we move on, like I said, way for Parker to end. I didn't like the interchanges, but the two stand out to me. Darius Boyd. Awesome yeah. vision in that critical moment when they were all over him. He saw that the marker was turned out and someone didn't, uh, someone didn't peel to the short side. Tamayo turned his back, went inside.
0: It was um, Michael it, Morgan peeled out of a tackle and turned back, back, someone else to went the inside. Wing. Yeah. And I, well, I thought they got the split right. They got he the split defensively man, right, but Michael Morgan wasn't switched on to them coming down the short side.
1: He went inside for marker too. He didn't go out. So, boy, great vision by him. They were under the pump. They were getting hammered for 10, they 15 were. minutes there, and he found that hole for Oates to charge away. He thought been, it, was
0: a, it was a ass-kicking moment for Michael Morgan. Like, I was watching the game. I thought, mate, Paul Green must have just put his fist through the coach's box. Like He just – it was just lazy – Really poor moment from Michael Morgan. Well,
1: McCulloch was the other one, and all
0: year you've seen the
1: importance. the periods that he missed, but he's massively underrated. He's going nowhere. If they let him go, they're absolutely insane.
0: Well, he put that first kick out on the full, but he's like Smith, in it? it just doesn't faze him. No, nah,
1: but the ruck work, he makes all his tackles. He yeah. made like 60 plus. He runs when he gets the opportunity. He jagged that try straight after that.
0: And how old um, is he? He's only young.
1: Same age as me, I think again. So 26. Still got
0: four or five. Good Played league. plenty he's of got first grade. Six
1: years left in him. Played plenty of first
0: grade. Sign him so. into a nice four-year deal, and you wouldn't blink.
1: No, nah, and he wouldn't go anywhere. No. Nah. He wouldn't go anywhere. Um, we move on from that one to the Canberra Panthers game. I just think the early ball from the Raiders and the pressure, like I said, the line speed, Penrith need to adjust, so let them make metres too easy, way too many missed tackles and quick rucks. Did the Raiders bank enough points? No, they didn't. Um, I'm with you. I thought there were some lapses or some opportunities in the way they attacked that were incorrect, but the two standouts for me besides Papali and Paula, who really, really gave a hammer into that right edge, Obviously, Josh Hodgson coming back in, playing very well, built as the game went and got more confidence in his knee. But Jack Watton has been so much better after starting the year, just being an absolute error fest. I'll give a rap to Ricky Stewart. He backed him publicly mm-hmm. um, after, you know, you could have come out and said he's playing bad or this or that. He's been so much better on the run home, and he's doing all the little things you want to see. He's physically big. He injects himself when he runs the football. The ball plane has been cleaned up nicely. He's actually squaring up on some of his runs now. Um, his try assist all those little things you needed to see add to make him a more holistic fullback, or tick all those boxes to keep that position. He's done on the way in, but errors are the big thing that he's corrected. He was making four or five errors in some games in that period where he was just awful.
0: Mm. I think also that little spook he had with the um, shoulder charge, probably now he's playing thinking, well, I could easily not be playing. Yeah, uh, I thought... Canberra just jumped out quicker. They looked more comfortable. Obviously, they'd had the final at home the week before. Um, Penrith, I thought, looked really apprehensive yeah. and errors. The early yeah, the early errors and the early possession advantage that the Raiders had, it just gave them juice. And Penrith needed to take the juice out of Canberra. Like they going into that uh, middle section of the game, Canberra with a fatigue side. Uh, sorry, Penrith with a fatigue side, and they needed it to be the opposite. It got to eighteen 0 Possession turned. Um, Panthers. They then managed to tire the Raiders out a little bit, and that's when they got some points. If that would have happened earlier, who knows what would have happened. Uh, but I just thought the difference was the finish to the sets. Obviously, you've got you had Hodgson, Caesar, um, and Austin. Whereas Penrith, you know, you don't have. You know, obviously Wallace can kick, but he's not a great kicker out of dummy half. Most of that responsibility fell onto Nathan Cleary. They pressured him a lot. Yep. So that not having that extra man to take the pressure off, Moylan really didn't do a great job of that. You know, he comes in every now and then and kicks. He's a
1: facilitator, really, at the back. I um, think
0: that there was a lot. There was a lot of pressure at the back end of that the season, particularly in big games for Nate, like Nathan, to do all the kicking and all the organising, which I thought, you know, obviously he could handle, but it's a little bit unfair and yeah. it's it's ineffective in that you know the teams can get pressure on him easier. And Hodgson just steered them around the park, uh, as I said before, to keep Moilin up, kicking down that edge. I oh, thought Caesar Moylan was better. Return. He's been
1: quiet. I thought he was a
0: lot better. Yeah. And I think he may just be finding his way. Like it's, it's taken him forever. But mm. um, he's a quality player, Caesar. I thought he. They should be throwing to him to kick more. He he should be doing seventy-five percent of Canberra's kicking.
1: His left foot is brilliant. He only had that one brain yeah. snap moment, second tackle, the line break. He tried to force that pass through Gallon to Croker, which just wasn't on. Mm-hmm. Um but I kinda you know what well, I never really felt threatened even at eighteen twelve. I felt Canberra dropped the ball a little bit there, Penrith got some chances, but as soon as they held the ball, they do what they do. They just march up field way too easily. Mm. Yeah, they didn't score, but they got the opportunities for penalty goals just because of that same reason. They just force you. To overwork the ruck or overplay your hand and try and hold them down, and,
0: and you throw on top of that, like as we said earlier, like Mansour then was their is their best meter eater. He's running either from dummy half or from, or from first receiver, mm. and you watch the Canberra markers; they were just shooting across, yeah. putting pressure on him. That cut down, and straight away, like you said, that then flips field position. That gives Canberra the field position edge, and like you said, they dominated the middle. They were rolling through anyway. Um, and then you go to the end of the game, Fisher-Harris, obviously a couple of uh, late penalties, but I, I felt the same as you. I didn't really feel as I I didn't feel
1: threatened at all, to be honest.
0: Penrith at 18-12, we're going to score another seven points. No. Um, but look, I, I thought Raiders were the better side for the majority of it. Fair result. I think the Panthers, that's a fair result for them, where they finished. I, yeah. I think that's about right. Well, uh, I don't. I think they're better than the Bulldogs. Yeah, and They yeah, beat them last 100%. week. But for me, it's the half situation. Cartwright can't play there. You can't beat the better sides. Not Top four year, teams no. with him in the halves. Even this year, I, I just didn't see him getting past top four teams with Cartwright um, mm. at, at, in the halves without someone that could help clear him he out. He needs to get back to the edge, and they're going to be a better side with him back on yeah. the edge. Raiders, I think they're going to be better for that run, obviously having Austin Hodgson back. Um, and an extra week to recover. Look, I give Storm the edge this week, obviously because they've had the week off. They're at home.
1: That's no push over but, that game, though. That's no, I'm not. I, we'll talk no, about the odds when we do the tip. But I can't believe the odds. I think both finals are going to be skin tight. I, I get the odds because I, 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 get, I get them, but I just think I wouldn't
0: bet on Canberra
1: for the winning streak and what they've done and the side that they are. Both these games for me would be near pick up given the circumstances. I think both no. these games. Well, I think we're going to get two cracker finals for once. Usually, there's always you know a the blowout.
0: odds. I'd have. Can- the Canberra, and Melbourne. I'd have dollar fifty, two fifty. I'd have Melbourne, or well, probably dollar forty, Melbourne. Probably two, two eighty, Canberra. I'd give you two eighty. I'd be happy to give you two eighty on Canberra. Uh, the other game I'd have is Pickham. Yes, because I think the Sharks, the, the week offs just brought the Sharks right back into this comp. Yeah.
1: Well, there's people, uh, again, that whinged about some of the refing calls, think that Penrith got gypped in the ruck and a few bits and did. pieces. I
0: think they did at different stages, but I don't think it had an impact on the game like the Titans won. I still
1: like- think errors and missed tackles, the most uncharacteristic one, Merrin, when Vaughn ran at him, mm. he put a little bit of footwork on. He just completely planted his feet and got stuck in the grass and let the big boy run 30 metres. But That was gossip's tip of the week. Fisher Harris it? gave two bad ones away, and I think... People whinged about the whitehead one. That wasn't a swinging arm. Yo kind of come into it. He did get a bit lower. Yeah, he copped him across the chin, but there was no wind-up in it. It was your shoulder hit as your wrap to come yeah. through. I have no problem with a lot of it. So um, The Akawala one, I felt he got hardly done by. That's a
0: football. The, the whitehead one's a football accident.
1: I thought Akawala's was a bit harsh. He did come in hard, but watching it again, I thought same deal. Kind of around the throat. He didn't really get him in the head. So mm. um, that's it probably looked, the, It
0: looked a lot worse. Yeah, live that, than what it did once you had a look at it on a replay.
1: That was the only one I really had a problem with, but I just really felt that if Canberra wanted to, they could have absolutely saturated them, but it just didn't come to be. And I thought the scoreline probably flattered Penrith. Yeah, a good effort by them and an outstanding Definitely. season, and they've blooded more kids. They're going to be better. The big thing for me, and we're not going to get into a big argument, people would say different, you didn't agree with me either. I'm glad they didn't put Martin back in because he wasn't playing good in cut. That injury originally was massive, and they were worried he wouldn't play again. Um, his confidence didn't look good in the games I saw. I'm glad they've left him because I want him to get bigger. I want him to have a good off-season. I just don't think if you're struggling in cup and they're aiming up on you, what's an NRL back row going to do to you?
0: Uh, I'm, my only point on it was that they couldn't beat Canberra there, but they might have with Martin. I don't think they could have
1: beaten anyone this year or won the comp with Martin. I just think okay. he was... And that's
0: fine. You know more than me because you're watching it every week. I, I'm he, just saying that you know I'm watching Cartwright going. There's absolutely no well, way they can win the comp with cut you, d-
1: you didn't play after you had your shoulder down again, did you? You No, I, the you shoulder went, you popped it out just playing cricket. But I'm gonna throw shoulders it. yeah. It, yeah, once it was, was no gone though, you didn't go back, did you? Well, so you I couldn't. I
0: couldn't yeah. I couldn't tackle without it dislocating.
1: But even after like say the knee the first time and I took <laughs> I took an extra four months off. So I was back to the point where it was more than what it was supposed to be. In mental in your headspace, I know for a fact I didn't play good for about eight weeks. I just battled with it. And I watched Martin and he looked exactly the same. He was struggling with contact and little bits and pieces. If that's Boyd Cordner or a gun back row, you know he's just going to get pummeled. Mm. They're going to run in like they did Cleary 30 times. So on the weekend, that could have been Paul Papali just ruining him. And for how old he is and what he could be, I'm not doing that to him. Yeah. Um, if you can't handle Cart mentally, and he only got to play four or five weeks, I'm not throwing him in that cauldron to destroy him. So yeah, I get that. I, I think sides next year is the big one for Penrith. This year was and a massive building block, but it, uh, that's not the time to
0: ruin Martin. Mm. You, so. You've also got to be able to say, can Martin? Is Martin okay to go and put to be able to put him in? So really, Penrith might have no. been thinking exactly what you are. Couldn't do it. There's, and there's way too much riding on it. They've just gone well. We're going to roll the dice with Cartwright, and we'll end up where we end up. And which is
1: fine. They would have looked at it the same sense. In I didn't think he had enough development during the year for me to go that. That halves pairing, two 20-year-olds or an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old are going to win a comp against Melbourne or the Cowboys or any of these sides. So I would have
0: liked to have seen him give Tyron May a game with oh, probably two I not he hasn't played grade yet. Um, and then just to see whether that worked.
1: And everybody out there telling us he's a lock, give yourselves a triple. He was 5 out of the year, even though he, he doesn't, doesn't play 5-8. He's eight. not a lock. He's a 5-8. I'll argue he's with anyone at Penrith or anyone out there who watches him, he's a traditional 5-8. He's a gun footballer. Yeah. He plays that kind of drift role. He's a smart guy. You won't see a whole lot of effort. It's more like what Freddie used to do. Sometimes Freddie would only touch the ball a few times in a game, but anything Tyron made touches is his quality. Yep. He can play that worker's role like he does for them at 13, but I don't like it. I don't like him making 40 tackles. Me neither. To me, he should be playing six. He's a footballer. He's
0: a footballer. Let him play.
1: He's genuine footballer. We'll do your fan questions first. Uh, like I said, not a whole lot, so I've got an update and build a little bit more. But Chris Sam, every year we complain about the Storms wrestling around finals time. Do you think it's legitimately dangerous? The complaints attacked to unsettle them. There seemed to be nothing in the low tackle or am I missing something? People were going on about social media. Mm. Mate, we've spoken about it before. I think this happens every year at finals or when someone's going to play Melbourne in an important game. Did they bring all these things in? Yes. Do they do it? Yes. But we've just explained it. Brock's been at Penrith. I've been at Canberra. Everybody wrestles. Everybody copies it. They're all in on the raw. No one can do it better. I didn't see anything untoward in it. The NRL's cleared it. Um, everyone out there does hate Melbourne, but who doesn't hate someone who's been so successful? That's just life. We, I, don't,
0: I don't hate it. I think that's weak. We're like, tall just, poppy
1: syndrome in this country, though. Everyone looks for an excuse to pick anyone on top. I don't understand why we do that. Yeah,
0: I really yeah, don't. I, look, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. It, look, if there was something in the tackle, the NRL would have come down pretty hard on it. I thought, would have thought the match review committee would pick up on it, but obviously we can't put much faith in them. Look, Chris, I don't have an issue with the tackle. I thought it's a storm in a teacup. Pardon the pun, but... Uh yeah, it's predictable this time of the year that the storm stuff comes up.
1: You could find a million of them like you said or I said. If we sat down and broke down videos every game, you're going right. to see that turn, the bloke over the top. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Jordan Palmer, who do you think will play five out at Melbourne next year, seeing that Green and Hampton are both gone? My money, is either the Croft or Benji? Well, I know we re-signed Croft. I uh, thought his first game and his one game was pretty good, considering he had no other help there. That was a night without Munster, Smith or Cronk. Um, I think um, Benji, okay. we haven't heard too much since we got the initial stuff from Gossip, which was 200,000 third parties, same deal. I again said it before there was more than enough saying that Hughes was going there, and I really like Hughes, um, but I still haven't said anything since or it hasn't been confirmed. So if, for me, it'll be between probably Hughes and Croft. But it wouldn't surprise me if they pulled out of the Benji one or something else.
0: I think um, Cameron Munster will play 5-8 down there next year.
1: Well, I was going to say to you when we said it the other way we talked about it, there's enough in him, and we played him similar to Whittle. We taught him to be a 6 as well as a fullback. In preempting that Billy was there, and when we signed him, he was a five-eight playing Q Cup as an eighteen-year-old.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a no-brainer. If Slater's fit and he can stay on the man, field, I pray
1: to God he's fit and he gets. If he plays one more year, I just want him to play a full year and be healthy. I don't want to remember him as a guy that plays two or three games and was broken the last couple of years. That's all I don't want to
0: see. Well, you saw like, Minicello was like this, mate. Minicello went through a patch where he, he had was his so much younger. And, uh, well, not really. Very similar age. Thirty-four. Yeah, okay. Mini retired he at like 34. Mini yeah. did
1: this like mid 20s, like peak power, which mm. is sad because he was a golden boot winner. We probably missed his peak years, and he was never quite the same.
0: Yeah, but he, um, but what I'm saying is he sort of went through that two or three year patch. So did Benji Marshall couldn't couldn't not make a tackle and pop his shoulder out. He was 20. Hopefully the um, yeah, but I'm just saying yeah. that there's players that have had these sort of injury runs that have come out of it. So hopefully for Slater, like I, he's my favourite player, Billy Slater. So I
1: love Billy Slater. Yeah, but,
0: and I don't go for Melbourne, but there's one player that you could say to me, I I can go and watch play, I, I want to watch Billy Slater play.
1: Just, oh, I hope, like I said, if he's good to go, I want him there and I'm with you 100%. Munster will take that role. And if we get Lafayette, which I don't to so. talk about on the cheap, we've probably got Lafayre, Chambers, all those pieces fit together. Yeah. But Munster can play one or six. I have no qualms if Munster plays six. He's more than qualified. And he breaks tackles, uncannily, even though mm. he doesn't seem that strong. So his running game would be... Well suited, but it'll be Hughes to me or Croft or Benji if he goes there. But if Billy's healthy, Munster's the six. Paddy Rout, please list all the reasons why the horrible refs ruined the Panthers finals and why the Raiders are a bunch of jerks. Under it, Aaron Wood says, how the refs ruined the Panthers game? Patrick, it's sarcasm, so it's not really a question.
0: Oh, it is. I think he's he's getting it. Uh, that people are winning. Me, about, me getting it? after the Broncos last week um, because of the Titans. Look, I thought I thought Penrith copped a couple of rough ones. They definitely didn't get the 50-50s, but I don't think. Really, they would have won the game. Like, you know, I could see, I could see your point, and it was the same two refs. Oh, I think the problem is the two refs, not the teams, but. Um, didn't they get dropped last week on a side note? like, How did they end up reffing that game?
1: Someone said they got dropped, and then as soon as I looked at the lineups after they're we talked refereeing. about it, they were named. I was like, well, obviously they're what not the hell, I
0: don't know. Yeah. But was it because one was in control that wasn't in control the week before? Did they did they did the captain's arm band go from one to the other?
1: You know, one other problem I got, I heard on the radio they were saying that the grand final combo might be a split. After what I saw from Shul on that the other night, I'd pick them for the grand final. Yeah, as could. long as they don't stuff up this way, they're the two I'm going with. Uh, I really, go like, with the other I team. really like Shortall. I don't think Shortall's ever. I haven't seen Shortall really have like a clanger of a game, and he doesn't try to involve himself like all of them do. No. He's that blunt, straight down the line uh, kind of guy that I like. He just says, blows his penalties, does his job, and he doesn't want to have a conversation or giggle or laugh. He's just in and out. Mm. It's just plain and simple. So
0: I thought because um, who refereed the, the Broncos Cowboys game was the two
1: that was Shortall, and I can't
0: remember. I'm pretty sure that it's, was Cummins. It was Cummins, wasn't it?
1: No, I think they did the other one, didn't
0: they? Uh, come, I don't know.
1: No, I've got out. bloody confused. Whichever game the other, market? I thought Brisbane got thought, a lot
0: of good calls again on Friday night as it
1: was well. Shortall and <clears> somebody <throat> else, I'm pretty sure, it did the Brisbane game.
0: I think, yeah, I think the Cowboys and the Panthers definitely got the the rub was against them on the weekend. Um, obviously, the Cowboys were good enough to overcome at Penrith, weren't? But I didn't think they were. One got more of a rub than the other. I thought mm. they both maybe marginally got. You know, had the refs against them in some situations like the 50-50s went against them, but I didn't think that they, any side this weekend was robbed of a chance of winning the game. That's all we want.
1: Yeah. Dan uh, Daniel I'd like to ask the same question I asked early on uh, in the year. Uh, should the NRL say no to big money off from betting agencies? I think the NRL should take the higher moral ground and declare that the NRL does not want betting on rugby league. They, can, uh, they can't stop Betting, but it is different from condoning it as it is done at present. Best rugby league podcast by mile, besides Rooster Radio. But I'm a bit biased.
0: Uh, look, I'd be very happy if the uh, NRL just can betting money though. It's money, but I think now the game's financially viable enough that we don't need it.
1: Well, I think it's our biggest contributor, isn't it? That and alcohol, oh, all these things that people... You have to see
0: the, see this, uh, the data on it. I don't know what the well, data is. I'm sure is, but... betting
1: agencies are worth an absolute quill. That's why we see them sponsor all the sides. Just about everyone's major sponsor seems to be, you know, one of those agencies. <laughs> like, um, I don't think you can get rid of it altogether. I don't have a problem with it. I think there just needs to be more lockdown rules, which were spoken about by Paul Ken again, uh, as far as what the NFL does, mm. which is, you know, they get their phones taken off and when they get the ground, same as jockeys kind of do. There's no way to kind of translate information. And... Yeah. The injury report, which is one thing I hate as a punter, we spoke about this already earlier, so we won't go into depth. But the NFL, they have to list them if they're hurt, doubtful, questionable, etc. So basically kind of level what the injury is, how likely they are.
0: Probable. So there's no way to kind of hide it to doubtful. us.
1: So you bet on something and forty minutes for a kickoff you pull all these players out. Or, you know, you kind of get shivved as the consumer or somebody's in on a road in that sense, you can't do that with the NFL. No. So I think they're two very simple things they could do well, to make It's the
0: integrity things. of the game. Like you said, that that all makes sense. Everything you've said makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, Martin Adam is George Williams from the Wigan Warriors, the only English half who could make it in the NRL, hopefully in a few seasons' time. Can't imagine him currently doing a worse job than the Dogs' halves or Jared Mullen.
0: Agree. He's going well. I like Sneed as well. I like well. Sneed. There's probably four or five over there that could come over here, but yeah. they need to stick in for the long haul. You, you see that, like these players, that, you know, uh, who's a winger? What's his name that's going back? Joe um Joe Burgess. Joe Burgess. Like he at the start of the year he looked horrendous. End of the year he looked comfortable. Mm. So and then now but but he's pulled the pin early and now he's going back. So he's done the hard yards, he should have stuck around. Mm.
1: Matty Bishop, Cowboys more dangerous to the combo of Bowen and Ponga or Lynette and Winterstein? Uh I think geez,
0: I think I think healthy you guys Winterstein Winner, and Ponga.
1: I, I think, like I think healthy when Leonard was playing well, and so was Winnerstein, you go tried and true. That's only one game I've seen those two. But I have again, if you want to ask me do I have confidence in those two again this week, 100%. I have yeah. no qualms that the Cowboys can beat them um, with those two blokes playing on the left-hand side. I have no qualms whatsoever that those two can get the job done. They are more than capable. Bowen's a first grader at any club, so is Ponga. Mm. Let's put it that way. These aren't guys that are just going to play bit roles and come into your teams. If they move somewhere, they could start. So, yeah, agreed. agree. Um, tried and true in best form, I'd probably go Lynette and Winnerstein off the known quantity, but those other two guys are more than capable of getting the job done. So uh, that's probably the best way I can answer it.
0: But Jane, also, you've got to look at the side they're playing against. Sharks can going to be physical. You know, now I've just thought about my answer. You probably couldn't play Winnerstein and Ponga. You want you probably want the bigger body. Exactly. And yeah. who's on
1: that right side? I'm trying to
0: think who. For the Sharks.
1: Bird plays left, doesn't he? Bird it? plays left. So right hand side would be. Le- Homes and. Letelli. L- yeah. Isn't uh, Holmes with Bird? I don't know. Oh, I always get mixed up with the Sharkies, to be honest. Um,
0: Bird's... are Sorry, Holmes is on the right.
1: Yeah, with Luke Lewis. So he'll, uh, they'll be marking up on that there. Yeah, I'm bloody... I've completely lost myself here. Yeah. They're on the left-hand side, so Holmes would be running, and then in the centre, I'm pretty sure, is Latelli.
0: Yeah.
1: Actually, no, it is Bird. I think it's Bird and Holmes together.
0: I don't know, mate. Yeah, I'm bloody confused. I'm pretty sure Fecky plays on the left with Bird.
1: No, Fecky plays on the left with... Um, what you call it? Bill. Bill, or the telly. I'm pretty sure they're together. Okay. So, yeah, the right-hand side is the two young bloods. It's Luke Lewis, Jack Byrd, and Holmes. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what they'll be coming up this week. Uh, James Hughes, what are your thoughts on Josh Dugan and his inability to pass? He only has three try assist in 42 games with the Dragons.
0: Yeah, well, it's not good.
1: No, 100%. Definitely not
0: good, but he's not, that's not what you're paying him for.
1: No, and we've said it this year. For the system that he tried to run, he had all the wrong pieces. He had a running dummy half who wanted creativity from. him. He had two running halves who he wanted block, block, bull crap out of. And he's got a fullback who was supposed to ball playing Kurt Mann, but he's still in the same shape and they don't play. How
0: do you uh, how do you lay on try when you're getting the ball when the ball's been passed yeah. pre-line? Like you're just going pass, pass, oh, there you go, Josh, do something. Yeah. What? And the whole defensive line just shifted across on him.
1: You're 10, 15 metres away from the attack, he's the ball.
0: Yeah, throw so- him into the Cowboys side, I guarantee he's got shitload more trices. Mm.
1: And even at the Raiders back in the day, he or used to hit Melbourne Wiggins also because they've actually played into the line for him or gave him chances to run all pass. Yeah. Was his pass accurate? No, but he, at least he got opportunities and he probably would have aptly developed it over time. But in that system, they play so far before the line, like you're talking about, the Dragons, mm. people wonder why they're so easy to cover and attack. You could throw a blanket over them. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, Chris Cicluno, can the cows back up from that grueling game?
0: <sighs> Mate, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's really hard you know like The Sharks, I think they've got a huge advantage in that week off. Obviously, they haven't had to travel. Cowboys are going to have to have a day to travel. But like you said, they've had a seven-day turnaround. If they've managed it correctly, they should be all right. Um, I think they're a good enough side to overcome it, but it's it's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, Cameron Patmore, best and worst hooker half forward back of the year. Well,
0: we're going to do that at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, we do a best our award show where we name our size. Well, best
0: player, I think the best player... You're going to go best forward, I think, Tal Malolo. Yeah, well, Tal would probably be my best forward, best back. Hooker, oh, I think we both agree. It's Smith. Half would be Kronk.
1: Yeah, half's Kronk. Back. I, I can't believe Moses got named 60 in a lot of people's teams, to be honest. For anything, he did good with the ball. He let as many points in, which I just don't agree with. I know a lot of guys were patchy, but Morgan and a couple of these guys for the droughts they had. They played about the same amount of good games as he did during the year. And they don't let that many trials in.
0: What about an outside back? I'll probably go Tedesco.
1: An outside back again. The fullback of the year nominations. You know, again, it's going to sound biased. Munster, in some people's, wasn't even considered. No, it's ridiculous. I think he's been exceptional yeah, he this has year.
0: Been. So I'd have Tedesco up.
1: Yeah, I'd probably go Tedesco. If not Leilua, Leilua probably takes the cake. Oh yeah, has yeah. been outstanding. As a back, yep. Yeah, best hooker. I could also throw Hodgson and Smith. You can argue all day. People have tried to bring this up, but Smith's been exceptional. So has Hodgson. William Robertson, do you think the Cowboys have enough left in the tank? Well, we just talk about that. I think they've got enough left. If they manage this week right, honestly, you don't need to do a whole lot of training. No, you shouldn't be. Cap- I'd honestly be happy with just a captain's run or a light ball work session earlier in the week like we talked about today and mm. a captain's run.
0: Yeah, you've got to have two sessions.
1: Video and just everything else is recovery, massage, physio, anything they need to do to make sure they're good to go. Mm. Just won't uh, get
0: them on the field this time of the year.
1: Exactly. Hall Maguire, how good... Uh, could the England Pack become the Four Nations, given that it's likely Hodgson will win the Daliam and Houghton will win the Man of Steel? Well, Houghton's probably going to name himself a Scotland, they just said today. So um, I don't, don't think they're going to carry two hookers anyway. But, yeah, if he plays for Scotland, he won't be available. Backs will be useless still with Burgesses, Graham, Ellis, Cooper, Whitehead, etc. This is the first time we're close to challenging up front. Well, I just never think they have the kicking game, the discipline, or any of those things I spoke about before when people said that backs struggle to come here. I don't think they focus on the little areas of the game, which is why we always
0: beat them. I think uh, Wayne Bennett's not going to be really worried about these Four Nations. I think he's going to use it as a training run. Uh, Trial they uh, I think they'll, yeah. be, they'll be very good come next year's World Cup, though.
1: Yeah, and hopefully they uh, have some blokes sprout up again over there, like Hardacre, and then if they are going back, or Tompkins, who I think has been pretty bad from all reports. Well, you
0: look at. Yeah, Congress Tompkins has been horrendous. Yeah, and I. Um, Hardacre. He needs to play. They're talking he's going to He's to, not to making. He's not making an impact here. No. So, well, he's supposed you know, to go If, to go to if you think he's going to make an impact in a test match, you're kidding yourself. Yeah, and their backs continue to struggle. Uh,
1: that seems to be all the questions. I'll have a little bit look afterwards, but we'll check Twitter quickly. The Buck story's got two in here. What's your opinion on foreign shopping himself around a club? Seems weird for a guy deemed not to, uh, fit to play a couple of months ago. And also, was it the salary cap stuff that stopped Parra from keeping him? Why not just take unpaid leave? Well, basically, Parra dodged a bullet. With all these issues, Brad Arthur and him probably sat down and they would have wanted him to go. I wouldn't want to have someone in my books who's got all those issues and probably not going to play when you liable if Kieran said yes, it was in his favour next year to take up an
0: extra two years. He so, left after the salary cap stuff.
1: Yeah, but I'm just he's saying either they did they get rid of him or agree to get rid of him when he had all these troubles, um, as in you know to ease salary cap pressure. I think two things. Yeah,
0: but they lost bloody Pete's and yeah, but I think the other guys because before Forum went. Yeah. That, that that was the whole reason they were disappointed that Pete's went.
1: I know, but because of this now, they've got a million dollars next year because they've cleared yeah, that yeah, money okay, to yeah. get a half, but I think they've dodged a bullet. Because mm-hmm. if he doesn't come back, all he has to say next year, like that uh, Cherry Evans deal, he could have said, yes, he had two more years and he failed. Four years, $4.8 million. If he's an absolute train wreck, he owe him all that money. Yeah, They're entitled to the full contract. So I think Arthur and the club did well. By getting out of it with him having his problems and you know
0: getting a release, shopping around himself around a clubs—that's what the modern player does. It's a business, yeah, and it's you know what—it's gone past. Um, it's gone past being a one club player. He's now been to Manly and then obviously Parramatta. So now it's just about making as much money as he can and finding the right fit. Uh, look, deemed not fit to play. He's still not deemed fit to play. No. So he'll have to jump through a lot of hoops before the NRA will let him play next year. Uh, but I don't get... You're right in what you said that Parramatta's dodged a bullet because yeah. you, you don't want to be paying him for the massive...
1: Five million bucks, potentially four it's, it's years. It's a big risk. But it, I
0: think yeah. pa- it's sad for Nathan Peets. That, obviously great for, for us at the Titans that he's playing for the Titans, but yeah. he didn't want to leave. Um, hopefully, he stays. He's filthy at, about that yeah. too because so.
1: this situation unfolded and they had the potential or the room to keep him. But yeah, you've also got to take into account, again, you're saying foreign shopping himself around, his manager. That's his job, which yeah. is what he's doing. Yep. Um, he's going to try and find the best deal, even if it is a one-year deal. They're not just going to settle back in for someone and play for eighty grand. So I think he'll
0: be at the Warriors.
1: Yeah, well, they're talking there, the Bulldogs, and then the Dragons popped up. Even if the Dragons had the money, he's not going there. <laughs> and if you're the, honestly, if you're the Dragons, you'd be crazy to sign somebody with those problems and pay him that much money because mm. that's what you're going to have to do. So uh, it's not going to
0: improve your mental health going to the Dragons. Mm, no, it's not going to fix anything.
1: That uh, wraps that up. We don't have gossip this week. Only a short week. Uh, but we've got any of his gossip and we've obviously got his tips as well. So we're going to do the tips and the gossip now, brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill and we'll also place our charity bet. Last week, I think we missed out on our overs by, by like two points. Yeah. They got pretty close yeah. 22 12 36. I think we needed 38.5. So we yeah. missed out by 2.5. One more try. Cameron could have got at the end and kicked the goal, we would have been
0: home, but yeah, they kicked I, the penalty goal. I know.
1: So, happened to me the week before. Don't worry, Penrith against Manly. I needed two points. They didn't score in the second half.
0: Well, I needed Canberra win to win to get my. I had a little bet. I had Canberra to win by eleven to twenty. So,
1: well, I had a good one this week. I had Roosters twenties at two dollars. Raiders one to twelve, and then Manly's cut us straight, and both won in the last ten minutes. Great. So ten dollars. Ten dollars. I turned it to one hundred and thirty. That wasn't too bad. So uh, I was pretty happy with that. But we look at the games. For this weekend, the first one, the Friday night game, it is the Cowboys versus the Sharkies and any team changes. The Sharkies, they've got Jesse Seni LaFeo, he is out. Paul Gallon comes back in to start a lock. Taggartese added to the bench, someone they've been waiting for. He's 18th man. Kurt Capewell's has done a fantastic job. He's a great player, he's done really, really well since he's come down from the Jets, but Taggart might be a late inclusion there. On the other side of things, Callum Ponga is out. Lynette is back in. Jarvid Bowen moves
0: to the wing. Boxhead, Cowboys or the Sharks? I'll take the Cowboys, but I think the Sharks probably going as favourites. I'm just going to back. Um, I'm going to back Cowboys uh, based on the back-to-back factor. Uh, a whole different set of reasons. I just think they're the better team. But the Sharks are obviously rested and they've got that advantage. So. It'll be interesting. I think the Sharks were lucky that that, that, that Canberra had all those injuries in, in the first week.
1: This is the best chance they're ever going to get to make it to the grand final again, basically. Yep. And, uh, you know, Paul Gallen back in. I know he might be 50-50, but also take a easy combat. that helps out the front row rotation. Pryor's been good. The half situation obviously needs to shape up, but they've got no excuses. They're basically full strength here. Yep. Um, and on the flip side, the Cowboys, even with a reshuffled squad, are a very good side. Hess, Bowen, whoever's in there, they're a good football side. I don't care if they're tired, I'm backing them to get in. Gossip, he's going the upsets. Obviously, he's done for this year, but he's gone the sharkies. I don't even know if he's going for upsets. He's probably his real tips because he's so far behind. Yeah. Um, but he's going the sharkies. And the odds for this one, the sharks, they are outsiders. $2.16, $1.78 for the Cowboys. Uh, minus two is the line. One to twelve sharks, $2.90 for the cows. Thirteen plus the sharks, five fifty, three seventy-five. For the Cowboys, the overs for this game is 37.5 points. I think it'll go under that. I'm with you. I think it'll be an ugly game. But I do think the Cowboys will find a way. And on Saturday, you've got Melbourne Storm down at Amy Park. Cooper Cronk's 300th game to make another grand final against the Canberra Raiders, the all-powerful 15-1, and one, as you said, basically that record running out of side. The clash of two styles. Who wins the ruck wins this game, basically. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, they're either going to run rampant on the ruck and get quick play of the balls or Melbourne are going to control things and play things at their pace. I'm hoping and praying and I'm willing to give my firstborn that Melbourne win this game and that we go to another grand final. Um, so I'm going to back the Storm, but it really wouldn't surprise me if Canberra well, won I this game.
0: Storm win, 300th game, they've had the extra week rest, they're at home. They couldn't have any more in their favour. They don't have any injuries. What, what injuries concerns? Well, are they Solomona's
1: got? out for the year now. He popped his elbow. A so for Solomona, yeah. When you look at the lineups this week, he is now out of the side and they've named an extended bench. So they've got. We
0: well, have got Felice Cafusi.
1: Christian Welch, it's Ben Hampton, Matt White, Felice Cafusi. I don't like when we play Hampton, to be honest. And Welch here, I'd play Felice before I played I want, him.
0: I want uh, Felice in.
1: I want Felice because he's yeah. got the ability to break tackles and offload, even though he does not have an error every now and then. He's most likely, out of all those guys for me to change a game. Look, I just
0: think it's. This It'd be very fair if Canberra went out here. Obviously, if they went to the grand final, I can't see them winning it. I think they'll be cannon fodder next week, if Canberra they, for whoever they play.
1: If they played the Sharks, I think they'd dust them. If they played the Cowboys, I think it's a different story and mm-hmm. it'd be all about the occasion. I'd back the, the Cowboys most likely. But,
0: yeah, uh, look, I think I think if, if the Raiders got through, I, they look to me now the side that's got the most injuries. Um, and history tells you that you need to be fit to win the comp. Um, obviously, Melbourne have only had the one injury. They're getting fit at the right time of the year. Uh, the Cowboys and the Sharks, well, even the Sharks, they're getting fit at the right time of the year as well. So that all plays a part.
1: I think they're pretty good, really. Austin last week seemed pretty good, said at Hodgson. So this is their best ever. Yeah, but they're main.
0: still not, they're not 100%. So. Oh,
1: well, neither is Melbourne.
0: Mm. yeah, well a they've guys. also had that extra week round. I get you know?
1: that, but no one's healthy. But that's that's But at Canberra, this time
0: of the year splitting hairs. Anyway. This is
1: Canberra's best one to seven eight in this lineup, Well he he might want to play a priest, but I think Vaughn should be playing a Priest as it is. So that one to seventeen, I think they've got the full strength side. Melbourne's only one off it really. Mm. Uh, you look at the Cowboys, they're missing three but their replacements are outstanding and the Sharks, Gallon may not be hundred percent, Tagatizi may not be hundred percent, but everyone's got niggles at this time of year, so the odds in this one, oh in gossip's tipping the Raiders, he's gone the upset again. Melbourne Storm a dollar forty four with William Hill, three oh one for the Raiders, minus six and a half is a line, one to twelve for the Storm two ninety, four dollars the Raiders, thirteen plus the Storm two seventy five, seven fifty the Raiders again over thirty seven and a half.
0: I think that I don't think that the odds are right. Think that's spot on? Yep.
1: Uh charity bet. What do you reckon? You got
0: any thoughts? Oh mate. Tough one. I think Melbourne just win.
1: I reckon both by one to twelve. I reckon Cowboys one to twelve, Storm one to twelve.
0: Yeah, do you want to go hundred on that?
1: So if you get the calc and go two ninety times two ninety for Storm and Cowboys one to twelve, that's yeah, eight dollars forty. Let's get on. Uh, you minus the hundred dollar stake, potential collective seven hundred and forty dollars for Storm one to twelve into Cowboys one to twelve. We'll go both the far, both their favourites. One's away, one's at home. But um, that's the grand final. I'd love to see. And if not, I hope the Raiders get through uh, and win. Basically, no offence to Crowell fans out there. I love when history happens, but if it's not going to be Melbourne, I want it to be Canberra. Whoever wins that game, basically, I want to win the comp. But out of the other two, I'd love to see the Cowboys win again. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, Sharky fans. Um,
0: Cowboys, Storm, done, multi, bang. That's the
1: charity bet for the week. And that's the odds and tips brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And looking at the under-20s, they obviously don't put uh, those fixtures up or give us the odds for them. But the Premiership market, Melbourne now with William Hill, $2.50 favourites. The North Queensland Cowboys, $3.70. Sharks, $4.25. And Canberra, $6.00 to win
0: the premiership. I tell you what The Tigers were dudded in that last week.
1: Mate, they were so they close. Were I didn't get to see it. And then I heard a, there was a poor there
0: call. A, the old mate put the ball on the line.
1: They took one of their players too. Because I called the cup game. They took the centre. Tarly, and he played. Obviously, uh, he the played. Cowboys
0: lost Ponga. Late, yeah,
1: so. oh, massive for them. I'm not taking <laughs> yeah. anything away. But that was worth a roll of the dice from the side. Mm. So they blew it there. But Holden Cup, Penrith now $1.90. Cowboys $5. Dragons $5. Rooster $6. Played good again. Oh very good. Um so
0: what what are the games this week? Penrith Cowboys and St George Roosters, is it?
1: Yeah, I think the Roosters might sneak in this GF. Um they they've been pretty good. Nat Butcher was exceptional, mm. very, very good. And then we look at the Super League futures. I haven't really seen much of this. This I is more you of your bag. Wigan there three dollars, Warrington three fifty, Hull three seventy five. You know the, the best Saints thing about it,
0: mate? Any any of those four teams can win it. Mm.
1: Well, New South Wales Cup final, I'll be commentating that one this week on Steelsports.com. Mounties, $1. fifty favourites, Illawarra, two sixty. dollars 60 Illawarra's a pretty good side. I like Illawarra in that game. I think Mounties, if it's dry track, get the job done, but Illawarra play a pretty good brand of football in the dry. They almost lost the other day, basically, because of the weather, but they found two tries late. Uh, Adam Quinlan played very, very well. Shannon Wakeman plays absolutely outstanding every week there. But
0: it's, they're the best two, so I don't
1: they? Yeah, 100%. And then the Queensland Cup, their final this weekend as well. Burley, your mob, the Titans mob. Jeffy Lynch, he moved up there, former boy, He's loving life. They made the grand final, knocked off the favourites, Redcliffe, who then beat Sunshine Coast. But they're Brisbane's feet up. They're back through the GF now outside of Redcliffe at $2. That one's a flip of the coin. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a very... They're,
0: they're both... Uh, I think we'll get a good state final this year. Yeah, I mean, both will be, uh, be good we'll green finals in out of general,
1: either. but the actual game itself is going to be exceptional. The Brisbane side, if they win, are loaded with NRL players. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the guys in Burley may not be with NRL sides anymore, but there's a heap of ex Titans and other players in there that have been in first-grade systems. So whoever plays them, Mounties, all cutters, will be really, really good. But that wraps that up. The last thing boxer, before you go, quick preview of those two games. We've obviously got Sharks, Cows... You're on the Cowboys, on the Cowboys. What do they have to do to win? Or what's going to get them across the line?
0: Uh, well, they've got to get even share of possession. I don't, if they're going to turn over ball like they did early in that game last week, I think the Sharks will punish them. If they get even share and they get into the physical contest, I think the Sharks, their discipline's poor. They'll piggyback the Cowboys. They'll give them plenty of opportunities. Uh, I, I don't I think the Sharks' form has fallen away. Look, I can, I can see in my mind two ways this game plays out. Obviously, the Cowboys play smart and they turn up and I think they win. Otherwise, I think it'll be gritty, nasty, dirty, physical, um, and the Sharks probably win because they've got fresh legs. So, Mm. I think it's all down to how the Cowboys turn up and how they execute. Also, I think the weather will play a part. If it's raining, that'll probably suit the Sharkies. Um, A a nice dry track. You're obviously not going to get a dry track this time of the year, but um, a nice dry surface. A a, a spring day is obviously going to suit the Cowboys, but... I'm taking the Cowboys. Just the Sharks are the most penalised side in the comp, yeah. and in big games you can't give away piggyback penalties and mm. you know be on the end of uh, of poor discipline. So based on that and the fact of the Cowboys, I think you know for them to get to a grand final and go for back to back premierships would be huge. Um, and I just think they've got better big game players.
1: Yeah, well, I've got the pack must help Tamalolo. He obviously did all those things on his own last week. I know Scott's bastard, but him and Tamalolo need to chip in a bit more and help him and Hess. Hess really chipped in last week, but uh, those two for me. Coot, obviously, the errors and just lift in general. He's been a bit quieter the second half of the year. They need him to try in. And then that edge of Bowen and Ponga, which obviously now we found out it's Bowen and Lynette, just need to hold strong. But the Sharks probably won't target that so much now. On the flip side, exactly what you said, the two key points for me, Sharks need to get back to playing their forward dominating game. If Gallon are back in for feeder. these guys all need to lead from the front in discipline. Mm. Discipline's huge. I don't Townsends obviously been named his confidence, but discipline and forwards. The other game,
0: Storm and Raiders. Why Storm? Week off. The better side, the more structured side, the better coach, the better spine, the better forward pack, the better defence. I don't know. They just tick the boxes in every every which way for me, Melbourne. Um, But that's in no case. uh, Me by no means writing the Raiders off. I think the Raiders have got a very uh, intricate style. I just don't think tactically they're going to aim up to Melbourne. I think Melbourne will have their number. Craig Bellamy would have done video both on Penrith and the Raiders uh, last week, and he'd be ready. He's had two weeks to prepare for whoever he's playing. Uh, Look, I, I can see the Canberra Raiders winning, probably you know, if they play this game ten times, I think Canberra might win it once or twice. Uh, the Canberra obviously going to have to break tackles, offload the ball, break up Melbourne's defence. They're obviously going to have to get Melbourne, probably niggle Melbourne a little bit, I think, get them off their game. Yeah, frustrate them. Pressure uh, Melbourne from the inside. I think their halves, probably niggle them from marker. Yeah. Line speed's a big thing. Um, Obviously try and get on top of their forward pack, offload the ball. Yeah, and they're probably going to need a lucky try here or there or a call here or there, which happens in finals. You see that? Well, I think
1: they can overpower Melbourne if they get the ruck, and that's the big thing for me. Whoever wins the ruck wins this game.
0: Well, I think there's two very interesting sides to this as well in that I don't think the Sharks are very good at playing from behind, and I don't think Melbourne are very good from playing from behind. Mm -hmm. So if Canberra and the the Cowboys kick away, that's when we're really going to see a game. So part of me really wants to see... um, yeah, wants wants to see the Raiders get a trial too early and see how the Storm respond to that, and vice versa. You know, I'd like to see the Sharks um, get a try or two and then well, I think we're really going to see some good footy.
1: Yeah, well, I've basically got sim. I want the Canberra their key points, play their own style. They have to, they can't yeah. get into the arm wrestle with Melbourne and try to do that. Pressure the halves and Smith, which they did last time. Constant pressure. Don't let Melbourne get to the outside. Really get up on that forward pack. And they picked on Blair last time a little bit. So that edge of, uh, Lay Laylur exceptional.
0: Uh, up against him, it wouldn't surprise me if they went back there again. Craig Bellamy's had two weeks to game plan yeah. for Leilua, so I don't. I, it'd be it wouldn't surprise me if you don't even see BJ Leilua in this game. Or well, Melbourne, well, I hope the, you do. Don't get me yeah. sorry. Oh, don't get me wrong. I hope you do see BJ. But yeah, so do I. Bellamy's a master tactician. Yeah, yeah. Melbourne, obviously, it's kill the rut, control the game
1: speed, and I wrote exactly what you said. They have to get a lead early on because generally, when they get the lead, they get comfortable, they just get into the groove, they kick early, they pressure and they'll just try and strangle them out of the game. And generally, with a side like the Raiders, the way they like to play, they will play loose. They will chuck the football around. I think that'll open up for Melbourne to hopefully get some errors, get repeats, and maybe take control of this game. But we're both on the Cowboys, and we're both on the Storm. That wraps us up. Thank you, Boxhead. Thank you, WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Charity bet for this week, 1-12 to 12, the Cowboys, into Storm, $8.40. After a $100 stake, we get a return of 740 A big thank you also goes to Kaizen Sports Performance and also Rugby League Coaching Manual. Kaizen, they have their Summer Academy coming up, so keep your eyes open on that. Kaizen Sports is devoted towards bridging the gap between amateur and elite sport. They are on a mission to provide all athletes the opportunity to experience high-performance training resources and support that only elite athletes receive. Their business services include performance academies, functional movement screenings, team building, and leadership workshops and pre-season camps. The Kaizen Rugby League Summer Academy is coming soon, so check them out at Facebook at Kaizen Sports Performance to keep up to date with all activity. Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N. I'm pretty sure that is open now And rugby league coaching manual. Brock put me onto it. He's used it. A lot of coaches use it. It's great if you start, and it's great at all levels. They're an absolutely outstanding establishment, rlcm.com.au. But as a rugby league coach, you have many different jobs, some include being a mentor, a teacher, a leader, a counsellor, and a drill sergeant. One of the most important roles as a coach is getting the best out of your players. If you're there to get the best out of your players, who is there to get the best out of you as a coach? Well, let me tell you, it's Rugby League Coaching Manual, and they've been doing it since 1993 through their educational material. Uh, They've got their flagship publication, Coach Talk, DVDs, and drill books. All that material is now available online through your very own RLCM membership, which gives you access to hundreds of articles and videos on coaching rugby league. In addition to this, you also receive access to online courses and invitations to the monthly coaching webinar, plus a new edition of Coach Talk every month. To start your 30-day free trial, just visit rlcm.com.au and join as a foundation member today. Thank you, Rugby League Coaching Manual. Thank you, Kaisen Sports Performance. And the biggest thank you, as always, Williamhill.com our major sponsor. Thank you for that charity account. I think we're getting close, uh, maybe over the $2,500 mark this year, so that's going to be very, very handy. Thank you to everyone out there for your listening all year. We are getting close to the end of the year. Next week, we'll have a massive grand final show. Uh, We'll probably get a couple of guests on. I'm pretty sure we have confirmed Paul Kent, and we'll probably get MG on as well. Gossip back, and then after the grand final, we'll do what we usually do, season reviews, and our awards show. But for now, please enjoy your week. Enjoy your rugby league. Watch these prelim finals. Get into the New South Wales Cup, the Q Cup, the 20s. Anything you can and just enjoy rugby league while you still can. Oh, and before I go, I've completely forgot that we did the tips thanks to William Hill, but I forgot to give you the gossip. Uh, There's a little bit cooking, so I'll give you that last but not least. The Rabbitohs management apparently are very, very keen on Jamal Idris, but Madge Maguire is worried about the negative impact on his playing group. Speaking of the Rabbitohs, them and the Dragons, they've denied any interest in Forum. The Warriors, still the favourites there, and looking like they're going to get things across the line. Todd Carney on the outer at Catalans is visiting Sydney to meet with the Bulldogs and the Dragons, so that's one to keep your eyes on. Sam Moore will be leaving the Roosters and off to the UK. No club yet, but no surprises. They tried to offload him before the start of this season. And everyone's talking about Ben Hunt to the Eels in 2018. Apparently, Gossip thinks... That is on the cards, and as Mary Brock talked about earlier, with 14 players off contract in their whole spine, you think he might be the odd man out. But that is the end of the show for this week. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on! Give us more! Give us more! Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?